Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and Linda Franklin is at a Shining Service Worldwide event tonight, so we want to wish her the best of luck. Shining Service Worldwide is an organization that honors our military women, and tonight they are doing a makeover in blustery New York City. So joining us today from blustery Buffalo, I think we've, we've, <laughs> we've got one cold climate to another uh, we are welcoming Robbie Ann McPherson, and she's going to co-host with me today. And Robbie, would you introduce yourself to the audience um, and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, because I think what you do is really great. Uh, thank you, Sandy. Uh, yeah, as soon as I defrost, uh, I think it's literally 12 degrees here, and it uh, you can feel it everywhere you go. It's brutal. Um, so I'm jealous of where you are. But uh, anyway, about me, I... Um, I am a tarot card reader, and I've had a number of professional lives, some of which I'm living simultaneously right now. I've done public relations. I've done television news as a TV news reporter. I also am a singer. I've been a published uh, reporter and writer, and uh, I've written some essays and features articles that have been published uh, locally here. And I've lived in Los Angeles. I've lived in Montana. I've lived in New York City. I've had uh, quite the varied life experience. And I think being 45 years old, about to turn 46, that is all sort of culminating uh, into a... You know, uh, when when the when the stew comes to a boil, right, and the flavor really sinks in, you know, I think that's kind of what's happening to me. So, um, uh, hopefully, I will contribute to our uh, our whole idea tonight of uh, of the the second time around because I think for me it's like the seventeenth time around. <laughs> so, uh, we'll 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 see what I can contribute to the conversation. You know, Rob, I love that you talk about these things because our theme today is second time around. It's our second chance at love and second careers. And, you know, I was reading some surveys recently, and I'm not going to bore people with, you know, statistics and all these things. But what we were used to growing up, which is, you know, our mom and dad had a career and you went to school for that career. And then you worked in that industry, you know, till you retired at 62 and you did the same thing day in and day out just is not the 
the case anymore, especially, you know, for the next generation of young people, the people in their 20s. Uh, our show deals with people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, but we're kind of the swing generation because I know I had a bunch of careerlets. That's what I call them in, in my 20s, you know. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm stealing yeah, that. You can steal that. <laughs> careerlets is a great word because, you know, I taught at USC. I ran the Breast Institute in Santa Monica. I worked for CBS. I worked for Disney. And, you know, my family was like, okay, what's the career of the year? Because I would stay somewhere a year or two. And it, it wasn't that I wasn't good at what I was doing. I wasn't satisfied and I couldn't find myself. And I, even though in my 30s, I spent, you know, you know, 12 years at Coldwell Banker Beverly Hills running a real estate office. It didn't hit me till I was 40 that I needed to do things that really satisfied me and then the money would come. And, you know, I think it's so different. I think the younger generation is used to that. But on 40 and 50 generation, we still have that hang up like, oh, well, we haven't found our career yet. You know, we haven't haven't found that thing. And now you look, you know, somebody in their 20s, they're expected to have nine careers in their lifetime. Careers, not jobs, nine careers. So, wow. you know, Robbie, I'd love to have your um, take on that because you're like me. We've kind of bounced around, but yet we're yeah. still very successful in our latest career. Well, I, I kind of, I'm not so sure I agree with the, with the piece about the, the kids being, you know, kids, these kids today, I'm going to call them kids because to me, they're kids, but. Um, and it makes you feel powerful, doesn't it? <laughs> It makes me feel like I'm waving a cane and <laughs> telling them to get off my lawn. Um, but I look at them and I see a lot of kids looking at their career opportunities through their emotional and artistic uh, eyes, so to speak. And for us, and even more so for our parents, who were the baby boomers, uh, and shout out to my dad, by the way, who's listening out in sunny Tampa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Karen. Um, sorry, I had to do that. Uh, you know, for, for us and for them, it was more like, well, you know, you better figure out a way to make a living. So for us, I think we approached things in our 20s in a pragmatic way. And we ended up on a strange curve where as we evolve as human beings, as life kicks us in the butt, uh, as it really has in my case, I know, um, you know, things change and you start to take a look in your, uh, you know, you take inventory as they say, and in, in the recovery AA and things like that, you look at yourself and you say, am I really happy? You know, and you start going down that rabbit hole. These kids today, they're doing that now in, you know, in their twenties, like they're doing that in school. They're like, well, I don't want to be an accountant like my dad was. I don't want to, you know, that looks boring. I don't want to do that. I like to play video games. I want to do that. And I think where they get their butts kicked, uh, so to speak, is the economy. You know, they might, they might want to be a professional skateboarder, but, you know, unless you're uh, one of a very lucky few, that doesn't pay too well. And with the cost of housing and, you know, all the other things and, you know, ad nauseum, we all know too well in society, I think for them, it becomes, you know, well, darn, this didn't work out. I couldn't pay my bills. I better go try this. 
and oh, this didn't work out. I better go try this. So, um, you know, and then the other layer on top for us in our generation uh, to get back to our focus is the layoffs, you know, the downsizing and the whole thing, you know, we're coming out of high school in the 80s, like, woohoo, you know, and then the 90s, everything just starts to kind of shrink. And so we find, I love your word, careerlets, where maybe our parents had the 20-year, 30-year career at IBM or some big corporation. Nowadays, you know, maybe you get seven or eight years. I myself managed eight years out of a corporation before they had to restructure. And uh, I think that's a, I think, I think those two factors kind of uh, kick everybody in the butt. And that might contribute to why we all end up with, you know, nine careers in our lives. Well, and you know, Rob, it's, Robbie Ann, it's so good because, you know, when we talk about these careerlets, you know, it's not always just, I'm not satisfied and I don't feel fulfilled. You know, there was a job that I had, and I won't say which one, um, but it was a very high powered, high stress. I managed a sales team. And I mean, Robbie, my hair was falling out of certain body things that happen every month stopped from the stress. You know, I think that it's a combination of things. And when we, we, a friend of mine today said, we work from the body out. Like if we think about our body and we think about, you know, how is our body reacting to this job? You know, is it weight gain? Is your hair falling out? Do you have muscle aches, back aches, teeth ache? You know, are you waking up at night? You can't sleep. You know, all these things are indicators, you know, that we not, might not be in the best career field for us or the best job. And I think it's interesting that we don't give ourselves quite the permission unless we, you know, run the stress burnout flag to say, you know what, this is not working for me. And I don't know about yeah. you, but I found turning 40 uh, was a big <laughs> shift for me. Uh, yeah, I think for me, it was, it was actually uh, 29. Wow. You hey, know you know, Linda Franklin said that too. You know, the co-host you're subbing for said the same thing. Her turning point was at 29. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, 40, 40 was a whole, whole other story. Um, when I turned 40, I had packed up all my stuff and moved to Montana in a complete 180 change of careers. I mean, it was bizarre. Um, and I was actually fearless. Uh, I felt liberated. I felt fantastic. I couldn't wait. I was chomping at the bit. And of course, it all exploded in my face and, you know, turned into a train wreck. But when I was 29, I was living in California and I, um, I had been working these little jobs in the music business, you know, just kind of bouncing around with these labels. And um, uh, I didn't really have a foothold anywhere, you know, I mean, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself uh, being stabilized anywhere career-wise. And for some reason that I wasn't stable in my relationship at the time. I wasn't uh, living where I wanted to live. I was in the city I wanted to live in, in LA, but I was not in an apartment or a situation I wanted to be in. I was broke, you know, I, just just in a total state of, of flux and underachievement and, and way below where I thought I ought to be at 29. So um, I think that's where it hit me. But unfortunately, it was not a catalyst for me to suddenly make things uh, perfect. 
Well, but I think that's okay because, you know, we reinvent ourselves. Like I like to tell people, you know, and I know we've only got a minute before break. Um, I like to tell people that I'm in SAN 4.0. You know, in my 20s, I was SAN 2.0. Then I was SAN 3.0. Well, now we're in our next iteration of SAN 4.0. And our guest coming up, Michael Russer, he's another guy who's reinvented himself. You know, he used to be Mr. Internet. Now he's Mr. Impotency, and he's going to kill me. I know he's going to kill me for saying that. But he's a really neat guy, and he's going to talk about hard open today, being hard open, because I think as we get older, um, our heart gets harder, and it gets harder to open our heart. So we're going to learn (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We're going to learn more about him, Michael Russer, coming up when we get back from the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Robbie McPherson. Uh, Robbie Ann McPherson, sorry about that. I'm going to take a while to get that. I know Robbie. Sandra. Sandra. I have known Robbie for, what is it? It's got to be close to 30 years, maybe 40 years. Well, we, yeah, I think we were like six when we met, right? Seven. I think so. So like almost 40 years. 
almost 40 years. That's and frightening. That's really crazy. <laughs> and I want to, I want to put a shout out to Linda Franklin, who's doing her shining service worldwide event tonight in Manhattan. I hope your combat cougar makeover is fantastic that the girls have a great job and you uh, make a lot of money raising for your charity. Uh, now we have with us today, Michael Russer and Michael Russer is our intimacy expert. And this is the second segment in our intimacy series. Michael's going to be with us uh, once a month for 12 months. You can find uh, the first broadcast that we did in January of 2014. You can find it on iTunes or you can find it on poweredUptalkRadio.com or you can go to toginet.com to catch the first one. And the first one we talked about was how men and women are wired. Now this is segment two. So we're going to talk about heart open intimacy. And Michael, my first question to you is, all right, what does heart open mean? Because that kind of, I got to admit, that's airy fairy, hello kitty talk. So you're going to need to educate me. (laughs) Well, first of all, hello to both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Well, heart open, that's something I really didn't even know myself until about two years ago, Sandra. And and of course, you saw me kind of go through that whole transition. And uh, being heart open simply means um, you are allowed, basically, you remove all the barriers that you've put up throughout life to, quote unquote, protect your heart. And the irony of this is, is that until you bring them down, it, it, you're not going to realize that the heart never needs protection. Uh, now, the ego, on the other hand, needs all kinds of protection, apparently. But the heart needs no protection. Uh, the heart is the essence of who we are. At least that's that's what I've come to realize, anyway. And uh, you know, being heart open simply means allowing yourself to feel everything. Feel the joy, the pain, the frustration, the... The unknown, the uncertainty, all the things that that happen in life, you're feeling. It's the opposite of being shut down. You there? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm stumped with the opposite of shut down. Can you tell me what it feels like? Like you got you you got my head going, but I okay. need, I I want to know what it looks like, tastes like. Like, do you wake up all happy, happy? Do you like go out oh. to dinner? Oh, this is great. No, it has nothing to do with being happy, actually. Um, happiness is just a feeling. Uh, being heart open is a state of being. And um, I really feel that, you know, I, you know, this whole thing about I want to feel happy. Well, there's drugs for that, right? And, uh, but usually those drugs will also, well, let's say, um, uh, suffocate you a little bit in the form that, that they will... Uh, not allow you to feel the stuff that you feel you don't want to feel, right? The uncomfortable things. And, and so, uh, no, it's not about being happy. It is about um, being present. It is about being very, very uh, in the moment and, uh, and a sense of connection. Now, a sense of connection is, is something that I literally will feel in the center of my, of my chest. I actually feel it. And, uh, and it's usually a warm feeling, uh, but it, it also can be a feeling of angst uh, because that connection might be with someone or something that is in pain. And so it's, it's uh, you know, you're, you're, you feel that connection with them uh, in that 
you know, we're all kind of going through the same thing. It's a form of empathy that. Does that help? Uh, Michael, uh, I'm going to jump in here if I may. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. That, I think that's a, a beautiful way to describe because uh, I think I understand it. I, I often joke with people, um, you know, when I see a cute little kid or um, I have two cats and they're both really cute. And if they do something adorable, I say, oh, it melts my cold, dead heart, you know, because <laughs> I'm just kind of I'm one of those people. I've I've really um, shut down in a in a frightening way. But when I sit down to read, uh, uh, you know, a tarot reading, um, the first thing that I always connect with is the pain of the person that I'm reading. And I think part of that is because that just happens to be my gift. You know, the, uh, you know, other people may connect with other things or other people have a psychic gift or whatever. I think I just have a different type of, of an empath, um, kind of a thing. But I also think that people's pain is a very powerful um, sort of cloak, you know, that they wear. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I almost find that people would rather walk around and let people see them um, be sort of dead to the world than let them see them be vulnerable or in pain or wounded. Without question, Ravian, without question. Um, our whole society is, conspires to keep us distracted, which is the drug of choice to avoid feeling anything. And so, so whether it's, you know, you walk into a, <laughs> yeah, and, and Sandra and I've had this conversation, you walk into a grocery store, I challenge anybody to find something that doesn't have sugar in it. And, and it, it, it's, uh, it's, mm, it's sugar. It, yeah, sugar. <laughs> yeah. Makes us feel good and distracted with that feeling. And, uh, you know, entertainment, uh, uh, you know, d d substances and, you know, you name it, anything to keep us in uh, anesthetized from really experiencing life. And yes, I really do believe people would prefer uh, at, at some level to walk around feeling totally shut down and inoculated from feeling anything rather than risk being uh, vulnerable, which, by the way, is not a sign of weakness. Vulnerability and weakness are often thought of as being coincident, and they're not. Actually, allowing yourself to be vulnerable is a sign of extraordinary strength because you have to take that leap of faith that that is ultimately going to be the best thing for you and the people around you. Yeah, I try, I try to tell myself that, but uh, it's, it, I, I try to be very selective about where I allow myself to be vulnerable because I, I just happen to be a very, very sensitive person. I was an extraordinarily sensitive child. And, uh, you know, we're, Sandy and I were talking in the first segment about, um, you know, our various lives. And, you know, um, I think, <laughs> Sandy, you're, you're, you're at Sandy 4.0. I think I am, I think I'm Robbie like 12.0 at this point. But um, every single time you go through something brutal or something emotionally devastating, 
you find a new way to rise from the ashes. And I think there are uh, different ways that you do that. Sometimes um, you rise from the ashes by wearing your um, devastation like a badge. You know, it's like, all right, everybody, look what I've been through. You know, this is this is this is me, and you sort of throw it all up all, all over the table, all over everybody. And then um, maybe ten years down the line, you do it in a different way, and you sort of numb it. And the thing that's interesting to me. Um, is that we choose that numbness um, at the expense of joy. Like we're willing to never feel joy again as long as we just don't feel the pain. Yes, and, and, and the, the sad irony of this is, is that there's a part, I believe, there's a part deep down inside of each and every one of us that knows we will die with that regret if we continue that way. Because it is, it will be a regret. It will be a knowing at some point, and it might be just a few moments before death. But there will become that knowing, uh, and I think all of us know at some level that we are missing out on the best part of life because we try to um, uh, protect ourselves from pain, and uh, you know, and, and part of this life experience is pain. And it's also pleasure, and it's also all the things in between. You know, it's it's like I told somebody just the other day. It says life is kind of like surfing. It's it, it comes at you at waves, and you can either choose to uh, fight those waves, and good luck with that, uh, mm -hmm. or you can learn to use that energy within the wave and get go for the best ride you can. Now, some waves are still going to be gnarly and uncomfortable and very unpleasant, maybe even painful. Uh, but at least you're learning and, 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 and riding it and not fighting it. And uh, basically, uh, I think what people do when they shut down is they refuse to even acknowledge that all of that is there. So they're not riding anything. And, right. you know, and it's and it's really it's it's a form of death in a way, uh, because the shutdown, you're 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 shutting down your own life, you're shutting down the possibility of connecting deeply with other people, with other things, with animals, with nature. You know, it's all part of connection. And and I can speak to this because I was so shut down. And and I need to constantly remind myself what it takes to stay heart open every moment possible. Michael, that's terrific. I think it's it's so important, you know, that we have this kind of instruction. Um, you can uh, give me uh, quickly how to open your heart in 10 seconds flat. That one's got me curious. All right. Well, it, it may take more than 10 seconds to explain it. Um, can we do that after the segment? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to come back with Michael after the break. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. My co-host today is Robbie, Mc, Robbie Ann McPherson. When we come back from the break, Michael is going to explain to us how to open your heart in 10 seconds flat. And we're also going to welcome Jackie Silver. So this is going to be a lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss it. Come back right after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls. 
Have you got kids? Need a little help dealing with your everyday battles? Is it time for you to call in reinforcements? Then join us each week for Mommy Warriors Live as longtime mob bloggers Alyssa Banco and Nicole Perry share their informative and hilarious stories from the front lines of parenthood. Armed with nothing but band-aids, some tissue, and a half-charged cell phone, there is no parenting battle the Mommy Warriors can't solve. Tune in each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode of Mommy Warriors Live. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robbie McPherson. Linda Franklin is on break today. She's working at a Shining Service event. We have some really outstanding guests today. Uh, in addition to Robbie Ann McPherson, we have been visiting with Michael Russer, and he is uh, the author of a great book, and you can find out more about him at hardlybroken.com, just like it sounds. We're also going to welcome Jackie Silver. So you're going to hear vo- four voices, mine, Robbie Ann's, Michael Russer, and Jackie Silver. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about uh, our uh, through line today, which is second chances, second chance at love, second careers, uh, anything you can think about that the second uh, part of your life, we're here to have that discussion. Now, Michael, before the break, was saying that he can teach us how to open your heart in 10 seconds flat. And since I'm impatient and I don't like to read to the end, let's go right to him so (laughs) I can get that speedy information. Make it five seconds flat. (laughs) All right. You got it. Well, here's the thing is, is that I knew that, uh, that old behavior can, tends to be persistent. So I had to find a way that every day reminded me to stay heart open and, so I created, uh, I, 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 I went and did something. I went and bought some of these little cheap glass hearts. Maybe I shouldn't have said the word cheap, but they are. These little glass hearts that I carry with me everywhere. They're little iridized glass, and people often ask, well, did you make them? And No, no, no I didn't. I just bought them from China. Anyway, but they're, they're, they're cute. And so I carry them with me, and I will often throughout the day run into people. Sometimes they're adults. Sometimes they're children. But anybody who kind of catches my eye, I, I'll just go up to them and I say, you know, 
you have a you have a beautiful smile or you you know I really see the heart in you and I give them this heart and almost invariably um, they are like oh my god this is great but that isn't the reason I do it the reason I do it is because I can't I can't go through that process without it actually affecting me and opening my heart. And so that's the main reason I do that. Now, you don't have to go out and buy glass hearts to do this. You can, uh, you can create, um, you, you, can, you can be in line and, and you know, buy somebody a, a, a coffee or, or something. Just do some little thing that really is unexpected. And um, I tell you, the results of this have not only impacted almost everybody I've come into contact with that I've, that I've, I've done this, but also, uh, more importantly, even myself. It, it, it really, it's, it's impossible for me to do this without being heart open. And so this is what I do almost on a daily basis. Uh, in fact, I can feel it if it's not, if, it's, if my heart's not open, if I don't, if I don't do this, like uh, over a couple of days. That's kind of like, uh, it's like charity, right? You know, where um, it works just as well for the giver. You know, you, you feel just as great, right? I actually feel better, I think, than most of the people who get it. Most of the people who get it are usually very appreciative uh, and some are stunned. But I think in terms of, and you can see the warmth and genuineness of their smile typically when I give it to them. But honestly, I think it affects me even more because for me, it's symbolic of, of, of uh, where I never want to leave from. And uh, so just to remind me uh, how to you know, open it up just that much more. You know, Michael, I'm going to uh, bring in a third voice uh, to this conversation because we have uh, Robbie Ann McPherson with us today. You're Michael Russer. I'm going to bring in Jackie Silver and have her weigh in on this. She's our featured guest today. But I'd like to keep everybody on the line because this is such a compelling topic. And I think that, you know, you guys have so much to give. Jackie, uh, you are uh, the creator and owner of a company called Aging Backwards. And you know a little bit about second time around reinvention. Can you weigh in? on what we're talking about absolutely and thanks for having me and you know I loved when you were talking before about career lists because I could so relate to that and I also was listening earlier when Robbie Ann said that it really freaked her out when she turned 29 and I oh think my that, gosh <laughs> cried cried my eyes out <laughs> well I think my specialty is second chance at being 29 and I think I just got pretty much everybody's attention because <laughs> You know, 29 it seems like a magical number, you know, for some reason for everybody. I had a hard time with turning 30 myself. But, you know, as I've gotten into my 50s and people still think I'm in my 30s, I realize that you can be like 29 again if you really start doing little simple things that you can do every day that will add up to big results for anti-aging. I love that. I love that. I actually have been blessed uh, with good genes, so I'm often mistaken for being younger than I am, which I bring it on. Um, but tell me, or you know, tell, tell actually, not just me, but, but for everyone listening who's thinking, okay, I'm 45 years old, not only, how can I look 29? I mean, we can all have the creams and the tweaks and the, 
you know, what do they call them, uh, you know, tugs and everything. But how can we feel 29? How can we feel at 45 like we have the hope, the energy, the, I mean, when I look at a new opportunity and I'm 45 years old now, I don't often feel the same way. You know, I look at it and I think, ugh, if I make a mistake, I don't have the energy to clean it up, you know? <laughs> so how do we do that? I totally do get that. And it is tricky as we age not to become jaded and cynical because we've just all seen too much. And it's kind of sad for the younger generation because they're seeing that too much already in their 20s. But one thing that we can do, and Sandra, you talked about this earlier, and I was chomping at the bit to get on the show, is we have to reduce our stress. When you said your hair fell out, I could so relate to that. You know, stress is the number one thing that ages you. People talk about cigarettes, they talk about too much sun, but I can tell you right now, it is the stress that ages you. And becoming cynical and becoming jaded and becoming negative is extremely stressful. So what people should do is look for ways to turn their stress around. Michael, do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, Jackie, in, in fact, uh, I was just uh, talking about, uh, before you even came on, we were talking about the whole idea of heart open. And for me, when I was living very shut down, if in fact, Sandra knows this because she has the photos. If you saw a photo of what I looked like three years ago at my daughter's uh, Syracuse University graduation, you'd think you'd be looking at my father now. I mean, it's that huge of a difference. Oh, Michael, I'm going to back you up on this. The before and after pictures of Michael's transition, he looks like he's his own son. It's it's the most remarkable thing you'll ever see. Wow. And And what's your secret, Michael? uh, The secret was... um, living to learning to live very vulnerably, very hard open, really. That was the main secret. It allowed, because when I think about myself, I, I am still a very irresponsible 18 year old. And uh, <laughs> I, I, yet I just turned 62 and people look at me and they think I'm in my late thirties. And so I, I, um, but I feel that way. I feel very young and uh, always, always very useful. So it, the real secret, though, is was learning for me to be very vulnerable and really allow that connection, that heart connection to come out. That was my fountain of youth. Yeah, but I got to uh, weigh in here, Michael. You went from what looked like a Midwest businessman to a fox. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've known Michael many years. I met Michael in Montreal, I don't know, many, many years ago when we were at a right. convention. And it turned out this is like family affair. His dad and my dad <laughs> knew each other. Um, we didn't know this at the time, but I watched this transition of Michael and I, Michael, I don't mean to make this sound insulting. I mean it as the biggest compliment in the world, but like fat old Michael melted away and foxy, fun, sexy, energetic, dynamic Michael emerged like out of this cocoon. Not that you were ever that fat, but you know, you looked puffy, you looked swollen, you looked tired, you looked drained. And I can't even reconcile in my mind, and I know you, that you're the same person. It's just not even possible. Everything has changed about you. You pulled all the good forward, and you got rid of the things that weren't working for you. And, and you know, to me, you're just a miracle. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it feels like a miracle. Every day, I have to tell you, I was telling my girlfriend yesterday, who Jackie, by the way, her name is Jackie as well. 
Um, I was just telling her that uh, this is the best part of my life right now. And I mean, I, everything, this is it. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Michael, you said something uh, interesting that I, I wanted to piggyback on. You were talking about um, some anger and, and uh, Jackie also was talking about stress. I really believe that the more anger that we hold on to, I think it ages us both inside, you know, it ages your spirit. It makes you just um, die a little bit every day when you, when you, you know, like hang on to uh, grudges and, um, you know, boy, I, this guy said this and that, you know, um, there's that. And then there's the anger at the world, you know, the envy of this one got that and watching terrible people get lucky. That's my, that's my big thing. You know, I hate seeing crummy people get good things happen to them. Um, but letting go of that and however you do it, you know, everybody's got their, their, uh, yoga or whatever. I, me personally, I can't stand yoga. So <laughs> that's not my, that's not my thing, but you know, everyone has their, their ways of letting go, but however you can let go of that anger. Um, I think, uh, I think that's the best one. Um, so all right, Sandy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back to you. I guess we got a break coming up. Yeah, we do have a break coming up. And I, and I want to just say to the listeners out there, I was not an expert at letting go. I really struggled with letting go. That was the hardest part of me not only losing weight, recovering after my divorce. I went through a foreclosure. I had two premature kids. My mother died all within a span of a couple of years. And the only thing I could do to keep my sanity was hold on to what I knew. And that was really detrimental to me because I had to figure out how to um, let go. And it wasn't in my nature. I didn't know how to do it. There were no courses, no books, no anything. Um, so that was really hard for me. So I want to encourage everybody listening today, if they're struggling with letting go or struggling with some of these concepts, know that that's absolutely normal. That's just part of it. You know, you have to work on these things to get to be the person you want to be. Now, when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about some great news about coffee. And we're going to keep visiting with Robbie Ann McPherson, Michael Russer, Jackie Silver, more after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. 
Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robbie Ann McPherson. Linda Franklin has the night off. We are here with Michael Russer and Jackie Silver. Michael Russer can be found at hardlybroken.com. Jackie Silver can be found at Aging Backwards. Now, as promised, we're going to talk about coffee, and I know that sounds a little strange to think about second chances, but in the news this week recently, or I guess it's been this month, coffee has gotten a second chance. Jackie. Yes, what a great segue. And, you know, I was just like <laughs> chomping at the bit to talk about coffee because people are always maligning coffee. They're always saying, oh, I'm off coffee this week. And, you know, then they have a headache and then they have withdrawals and they can't concentrate. But let me tell you the good news about coffee. A lot of people think that coffee is dehydrating, but a new study that came out this week found out that coffee is actually just as hydrating as water. So, I mean, it's not like you would drink eight glasses of coffee a day instead of water, but (laughs) excuse me, now you don't have to worry that you're going to become dehydrated from drinking coffee. And, you know, coffee has a lot of other things that are good for it. We talk about second chances. You know, there's nothing more important than your memory and your brain. If you want a second chance at a new career, you have to, you know, stay up with the young kids and their, and their quick brains. But coffee is actually really good for your brain as well. So people who think that coffee is not good for them can think again. <laughs> Jackie, oh. <laughs> you, uh, you said something really funny. Because um, I think of myself in the morning, my brain doesn't even work until I have coffee. <laughs> Mine either. And- and I, I'm one of those people that uh, I, I actually am a migraine sufferer, so I'm not really supposed to drink coffee, so I'm kind of a tea person, but I I go through these phases of, you know, of uh, missing it, and I don't have enough energy, so I call it being back on the bean, and, I, and I'm currently back on the bean, but, uh, <laughs> but Michael, what's your take? 
Well, you know, I, I didn't used to be a coffee drinker, and now I have my, uh, my coffee, uh, just one cup a day, and I can't imagine starting without it. But it, it does have its benefits. Um, you know, my, talk about aging backwards, Jackie. My, uh, my girlfriend and I spend an average of two to four hours a time when we make love. So it helps to have a little bit of energy. Uh, going into that. And uh, it turns out that we have plenty when we're done. But, you know, when you start, sometimes it helps to have that. But also, another thing we found out was is that you don't always have to ingest coffee to, to receive its benefits. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no, my, oh, no, Michael. I know where you're I going. I do. No. Hate no. Wait, wait, wait. No. wait let, me, let me jump in here and say what Michael's talking about. He's talking about that you can put caffeine in skin creams, and it actually helps reduce cellulite. That's what no, you that's not what I'm no, talking that's about. Not where <laughs> can you say like I can put up ground up coffee in my smoothie and it tastes good, and I didn't have to drink coffee? No, that's not what I'm talking about either. <laughs> can we say anything but what Michael is about to say? I think we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sandy, well, don't I we know. have to go to a break? <laughs> a commercial break. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing there's no video here because I just turned all shades of red. Uh, <laughs> oh, my well, God. Okay. We made the intimacy guy blush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he made me blush by what he was about to talk about. Oh, I'm still going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's been proven that, uh, you know, it, to, there's a way to use coffee to detox. Uh, and it's typically for uh, detoxing the liver. And I've done this, and my girlfriend, in fact, we have done this together uh, as a couple. Talking and about enemas, people. Yes, we're talking <laughs> about coffee enemas. Now, I will say, you want to be careful. Don't make the same mistake that I made the first time I tried it. You want the coffee to cool down first. <laughs> Oh my God! Stop. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that That's gives new meaning to the word, Michael. You're hot. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the word oh. stop is it came to my mind when I first started that. And it's like, oh, my God, stop. <laughs> and so, yeah, you want to make sure it's nice and cool. But other than that, it's uh, it, it has been proven to be quite uh, therapeutic. Okay, you know, well, Michael, well, actually, you have something true to say with that, because in the treatment of cancer, in all seriousness, one of the things that they do in cancer treatments to uh, detox the body is is these coffee enemas, and they do help remove the toxins that are in your body during chemotherapy. So I just wanted to give some legitimacy to that. And Jackie, you wanted to chime in. I did want to chime in, because here's something interesting. You know, people think that all the benefits in life come when you're younger, but there was a study done that actually showed that when you're young, it's not as good for you to drink a lot of co coffee as in like four cups a day for young men is too much. But for people older, 55, older than 55, they weren't affected by high amounts of coffee, except in a good way, in that it was good for their brain, good for their focus, and as we now know, not dehydrating. I wonder if that has to do with how much our energy levels drop as we age, you know, and I've, I've noticed, um, I, it, especially battling through migraines and also, um, I've had several battles with, uh, depression throughout my life. I think that relates a lot to my spirituality and also a sensitivity, things like that. I think that 
when we're, our energy levels drop, you know, of course we turn to stimulants and, and whatever we can get our hands on, tea, coffee, et cetera. And I think as we get older, we're tired more often. And maybe we're tired for uh, legitimate physical reasons. And so <laughs> when, we, when we actually drink uh, something like uh, coffee that actually legitimately increases our adrenal function and all of the things that it does to our our uh, our blood vessels and all that maybe somehow it it actually does physically help well it definitely does give people more energy but you know unless your doctor tells you not to have coffee you you know we're finding out that it's it's good for you if you're in middle age but i know what you're talking about with being tired and you know as we get older we have kids we have important jobs you know, we just don't have the energy that we had when we were younger. And I think that that's where sleep comes in because a lot of people just don't give sleep like the credit that it's due. People say to me all the time, oh, I only need five hours of sleep. But actually, our hormones tune up when we're sleeping. So I always jokingly say, why pay for hormones when you can get them for free? (laughs) So if you're only sleeping five hours a night instead of seven or eight hours a night, you're really robbing yourself, you know? Michael, do you agree with that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, getting good sleep is very helpful. So that really is, says something about when you drink your coffee, which is preferably not late at night. Um, exactly. And I have, I have it first thing in the morning. And the reason I do is not so much for the physical energy, because uh, I still have plenty of that. It is the, the mental focus. I do a lot of things that require extraordinary focus. And I find that that just, it just brings everything into crystal clear, clear resolution and, and focus. And that's uh, really important for me right now. And uh, otherwise, you feel like your head's in a bag of cotton and it's uh, nothing is just you know, happening. So, yeah, the mental side of it, I think, is just as important. Certainly Do you find, Jackie, that as we age that we have a need for these stimulants, that we have a need to really sit down and think about the balance in our life. Because it just seems like when you're younger, you can just whip through life and it it just gets harder. And, you know, when we talk about aging backwards, how do we, how do we handle the mindset that we don't go around going, oh God, I'm so tired. Like I heard Robbie say, you know, I can't get started, you know, without my cup of coffee in the morning. She probably didn't say that when she was 16. Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. But um, how do we handle the mindset (laughs) part of it? Well, first of all, I'm not aging, so I have no clue. Just kidding. But, um, you I'm know, nice for you. <laughs> but actually, you know, a, a lot of the um, coffee drinkers in this day and age, I love that, you know, date yourself with that in this day and age. A lot of coffee drinkers are these young 20s now. They, you know, they've started drinking coffee so much younger than we did, I think, in our generations. But, um, you know, I think that the world is just kind of, spinning faster and a more tiring place. We didn't have, you know, an iPad, an iPhone, a, a MacBook and, and you know, all the other thing, gadgets that we had back then. So it was maybe a simpler time. I think even the young kids are getting tired out because they have to be on top of social media every two seconds and they've got to compete with their friends because otherwise they're going to get, you know, called out on social media. So I think it's just a more tiring time which that leads me back to everybody needs more sleep and i think that if people 
make one commitment to themselves, it would be to get more sleep and to get good sleep. You know, when you're over 40, sometimes you don't get into the, the levels of sleep that are necessary. And, you know, your doctor can help you with that, or you can take melatonin, you know, ask your doctor. Jackie, don't you think, though, that there's a, a sort of a, a balance? Like with coffee, you can get on this sort of coffee stress treadmill. Like I'm stressed out. I have to stay awake. I have to get more done. I'm going to drink more coffee. The coffee makes me more stressed out. You know what I mean? Like I can't sleep. Um, how, do you, how do you find that balance with, okay, this coffee is good for me. This much is good for me. This much is not. Yeah, I think that Michael hit the nail on the head earlier when he said, I have my coffee in the morning. Because you don't want to drink coffee too late in the day, and then it causes jitters and keeps you up at night. So I think it's safe to say for everybody who's healthy, whose doctor doesn't say that they can't have coffee, that it's perfectly okay to have one or two cups of coffee in the morning. Give you mental clarity, give you energy, tastes good, makes you feel good. Right. You guys, I hate to bring this lively discussion to a close. I've had so much fun with you, Robbie Ann McPherson, as my co-host. Uh, Michael Russer, you've been a delight as always. Jackie Silver, you've been a whole lot of fun, you guys. This was a wonderful show. I'm so thankful that you guys were here today uh, to visit with us on Powered Up Talk Radio. Now, next week, we are going to welcome Deborah Borland, and she is uh, going to talk about Fabulous After 40. And Deborah Boulanger is going to talk to us about health and wellness and some of the programs that she's uh, taking care of right now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Deborah Boland, not Deborah Borland. I stand corrected. Thank you, Jackie Silver. Uh, we're going to tune in next week. This is Sandra Beck from Powered Up Talk Radio from New York to Los Angeles. We've got you covered with money, sex, beauty, love, and health, everything from 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage 